everyone and welcome to the Hand in Hand show, a part of Stroke Focus. Today we'll be interviewing Dr. Gil Van Bakkelen. He is with a company called Athersis, doing a drug-like cell therapy in phase three of clinical trials to treat stroke. And the treatment is called multi-stem and it is delivered in an IV. So multi-stem not only is in phase three clinical trials in the U.S., It has the FDA's fast-track designation, and it's in Phase 3 studies in Japan. During the Phase 2 trials in the U.S., the studies showed that multi-stem could extend the treatment window for ischemic stroke patients to 36 hours compared to the 3- or 4-hour window to treat patients with TPA. That meant individuals who may have had a stroke in their sleep or patients who did not recognize the symptoms right away might still have a favorable outcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Your company, Athersis, tell us first about that. Are you known for other things also? No, we're actually known for other things that we've done along the way. Going back to the very beginning of the company, it was founded about 25 years ago by a team of us that had done our training at Stanford Medical School. And this included three, uh, several faculty members including chairman of, of various departments, a couple of whom came from Stanford and one who, who, uh, who came from Yale, and then several others like myself that had actually done, done our training at Stanford Medical School. One of the things that we all had in common was we recognized that in areas where clinical medicine didn't have an adequate solution for patients, that there was a need for organizations to develop new technologies and better solutions that could help treat uh, some of those areas that represent the the most substantial areas of unmet medical need. And for us, that meant making a choice between focusing our careers on the front lines of clinical medicine or uh, becoming part of an organization or establishing an organization that would really focus on developing innovative technologies. And we made the decision that that's what we wanted to do. One of the faculty members that had left Stanford and became chairman of the genetics department in Case Western Reserve Medical School uh, invited us out to Cleveland, Ohio, of all places, and that's really where our journey began, where we started doing the early-stage technology and development work. In the early days of the company, our first claim to fame, if you will, was we developed something called synthetic human chromosome technology. We actually figured out a way to make human chromosomes or synthetic microchromosomes, as we referred to them, entirely from scratch. And that got a lot of headlines back in the the late 90s when we first announced that we had done that. A lot of people thought that that was something that could never be done. We then went on to develop some genomics technologies that led to partnerships with a number of major pharma companies. So companies like Pfizer and Bristol-Myers Squibb and Johnson & Johnson and Merck and other organizations. And those genomics technologies were also considered quite revolutionary and very powerful. And so that was kind of our next claim to fame, got a lot of attention, and and allowed us to establish those early strategic partnerships. But it was that technology platform or those technology platforms that led to our ultimate interest 
in the cell therapy and stem cell biology and regenerative medicine field. And that's what we've been heavily focused on for more than 15 years. With the multi-stem treatments, why did you go there? Was there something in the family? Was there some kind of interest in this? Yeah, it's a a great question. And and so there's really kind of a two-part answer to that. The first is is that we are very much an evidence-based organization. We did not know when we started working with this technology where it might be relevant therapeutically. So in order to investigate that, we started working with outside independent labs that were led by key opinion leaders or KOLs as they're referred to, uh, experts in a variety of different therapeutic or disease areas. And one of the areas that we started working on um, pretty early on was in acute neurological injury situations, including stroke and also looking at other things like traumatic brain injury and a few uh, a few related types, uh, so spinal cord injury, for example, and others. And what the evidence that was developed through that network of collaborations was showing us was that when we administered multi-stem intravenously or in some cases where we administered it locally, we were seeing profound evidence of better recovery and healing in those preclinical animal studies that we conducted. And that ultimately translated into the human studies that we went on to conduct. The answer number one is is that it's it's very much an evidence-based decision-making process. We have to understand what the therapy is doing, how is it helping, really deeply understand the biology behind that. And that was what really led us into some of these critical care indications like stroke and other things that we've worked on. But from a more personal perspective, I can tell you I was influenced by an experience I had with my grandfather when I was young. When I was in my late teens, my grandfather suffered a devastating stroke, actually a series of, of stroke events that left him severely disabled and incapacitated, and he had to live in full-time institutional care for the last several years of his life. And from a personal perspective, and this was back before there was TPA or any potential therapy or, or approach that could be used to try and help patients like that, I saw firsthand, along with my family, what a stroke could do to an individual uh, and to the family as a whole, because it's a, it's a devastating event, as your listeners know. And so, although that wasn't what really drove us in the direction of stroke. It's always been in the back of my mind, and it's provided me with a very strong personal motivation along with the the other members of the team here, many of whom have similar stories where they have a loved one or family member or somebody that they knew or or were close to that that suffered a a devastating, debilitating stroke and then had to deal with the, the consequences of that. And so, it's those types of things that have motivated us as a company and as a, as a research organization to advance the boundaries of medicine as we know it and develop better, more effective solutions. And I think it's quite gratifying to know the progress we've made with multi-stem in not only in stroke, but in some of the other indications, as I mentioned, where we've seen some exciting progress that we might be able to transform medical care as we know it and make an enormous difference in the lives of the patients and the families of the patients that we could potentially help. What are the different phases? So what was phase one? What's phase two? And now you're into phase three. So the FDA and other leading regulatory agencies around the world have long had a a framework that is designed to allow companies like us to advance investigational therapies in a very careful and methodical way. So phase one testing is usually all about safety. So you are administering that investigational therapy in patients or sometimes 
that depending on the situation, it might be in healthy volunteers. In our case, it, it would always be in the context of patients. And so you're really kind of assessing for safety. Once you have enough safety data, then you're allowed to progress to the next phase of clinical development, which is phase two. And in phase two studies, you're typically looking for additional evidence of safety, but you're also looking for evidence of therapeutic benefit. And ideally, you'd like to be in a position where you can validate or, or explore how that benefit is being achieved or realized, um, as we were able to do in our phase two study. Okay. Once you've passed that, then you can enter into the final phase of clinical development, which is phase three. And phase three studies are generally larger, more robust clinical trials that are designed to provide a very rigorous test or evaluation of both safety and efficacy. Then the FDA and other regulators can then approve your product, and it can become a new medical option for patients that have suffered a stroke or for other indications where it might be relevant. I also saw something in the information I was reading that said it is fast-tracked. That's right. So the FDA, in certain situations where they have evaluated the data from earlier clinical trials, and in our case, our, our Phase two study that we conducted in ischemic stroke patients, if they evaluate that data and they determine that this is a therapy that has very strong promise and potential based on the clinical evidence for an area of substantial unmet medical need, and stroke clearly qualifies as being one of the biggest areas of unmet medical need, if not the biggest, in uh, clinical medicine today, that they can give it a special designation called Fast Track, which is designed to expedite the approval process and the regulatory process. I think most people realize that clinical trials typically take a long time. Uh, they can take a number of years, and it's a complicated it's a complicated process. You've got to do a lot of things to make sure that you are ultimately meeting the criteria that the FDA has established to show that your product is consistently safe and that there's genuine evidence of effectiveness. In the case of Fast Track, what they do is they look at that clinical data and they say, you know what, this is worthy of giving this designation that essentially speeds up the whole process. It means that they will review your application for approval when you submit that faster than they would do under normal circumstances. And they provide certain mechanisms that are designed to really accelerate not only the overall regulatory pathway, but really trying to make it possible for these medicines to reach patients faster than they otherwise would. And we've received a number of designations. In fact, um, we have three programs using multi-stem that have all received fast-track designation from the FDA. I think that's a pretty strong sign of support from the, the FDA, and we've received designations from other regulators that have looked at our data and said, hey, this is really promising, and it could address in an effective way uh, a major area of unmet medical need, and we're, we're very proud of those designations. In my case, I had my stroke. They didn't diagnose me for 24 to 36 hours because I actually didn't really have the normal symptoms. So in that time period, possibly if this was out there, I could have been given this multi-stem treatment? Yeah, that's, ex yeah, that's exactly right. So what our clinical data from our Phase two study showed and what our Phase three is designed to confirm is that we can treat stroke patients up to 36 hours after the stroke has occurred. Now, the interesting thing about current standard of care and, and your situation actually is reflective of what happens with a lot of people where something happens, they don't know exactly what it was, and it turns out they had a stroke. 
sometimes they just, they're not feeling right and they lay down. And then by the time it becomes apparent that they've had a stroke, they've missed their, their window of a few hours, of several hours to get treated with TPA or with a surgical interventional approach that might be used called mechanical thrombectomy. And those are always very, very um, sad situations when they occur, particularly when patients have suffered more substantial, more, more severe strokes. Mm-hmm. What our clinical data shows is that we can administer using a simple IV administration procedure that, that we were seeing benefit in patients, even treating them up to 36 hours after the stroke had occurred. And that's one of the reasons why a lot of people are excited about, about what we're doing is because that could be a game changer because only a very small percentage of patients get to the hospital in time to get treated with TPA. But mm-hmm. it's estimated that more than 90% of the patients could get to the hospital within that 36-hour window that might be the treatment window for, for multi-stop. And that means that a lot of patients right now that get there too late and, and essentially don't have any therapeutic intervention, you just kind of hope that they get better over time, um, that a lot of those patients may for the first time actually have a therapeutic option. Because that would have given me or the hospital, that's fantastic. The multi-stem and the studies goes to work in a much different way than like TPA. What's the actual process of this? Sure. Well, well, the process of administration is quite simple. It's a simple IV administration. It takes just a few minutes, and uh, and then the product is administered, and, and that's it. So it's nothing terribly complicated uh, relative to other types of, of uh, procedures that that uh, that might be considered. In terms of how it works, it's it's really quite interesting because cells are different from traditional drugs, whether they're uh, traditional pharmaceuticals or a biologic like TPA. So TPA works by dissolving the clot that caused the stroke in the first place. What multistem does is a whole series of things that helps the body and the brain recover over time. One of the things that it does, I think, is particularly noteworthy. And I can tell you, when I was at Stanford Medical School many years ago, we were taught that the spleen which is an organ we all have, it was not a terribly important organ on the grand scale of things. And you really only had to worry about it if it was ruptured, usually as a result of a trauma, or if it was lacerated and it looked like it might rupture. It turns out that the spleen is actually a really important immune organ. At any given point in time, it's sitting there filled with immune cells that are sitting in this depot, if you will, waiting for a signal or a call to action that we hope never happens. But if somebody has a stroke... It actually starts, uh, there's two signaling pathways that connect the brain and the spleen. And the brain tells the spleen it needs help. And those immune cells become activated and inflammatory and they leave the spleen. They go into the bloodstream and then they head up to the brain. And when they get up there, they create a devastating inflammatory environment that actually results in the expanded loss of brain tissue that, frankly, most patients never recover from. And in our case, we know that when we administer multi-stem, provided we administer it within that 36-hour or less window, that when that cascade has been activated, a lot of these cells go right to the spleen and they calm everything down. So they keep the immune system from going into hyperinflammatory mode. They kind of restore balance, if you will, to the immune system. At the same time, these cells are doing other things that help the body recover and help the patient recover. And so it, they stimulate key reparative and healing mechanisms. And we have lots and lots of, of data that we've generated from different studies that shows the various ways in which these cells 
downregulate that inflammatory cascade and upregulate the key healing mechanisms. And so it's very unusual in the sense that it's it's one therapy, but it's a therapy that does multiple things in concert. And that's one of the things that makes it so powerful and so unusual relative to what people have tried to do for stroke patients historically. It's a dynamic living therapy where the cells home to sites of tissue damage and injury and location or other organ systems like the spleen and then can do multiple things in concert to help the patient and the body heal and recover. Is this study a blind study or a double blind study or is it or do the people know that they're actually getting the multi scan? Yeah, so the patients do not know what they're getting. We always run um, double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled trials. That is the most rigorous way to run these types of studies. So our phase two study that we conducted previously was a double-blind, randomized, placebo-controlled study that was conducted at 33 leading stroke centers across the United States and in the United Kingdom. Um, The current study, the phase three study that we're running, will be run in an even larger number of sites, approximately 50 leading stroke centers across the United States, some in Europe, uh, and some in, in other geographic locations like Australia and a couple of other countries where, where we intend to include sites as well. But the patients do not know until after the study has been completed whether they received multi-stem therapy or whether they received the, uh, the placebo, which is essentially just saline. Recently, we spoke to Sharon Thomas, who believes she was administered the multi-stem during the Phase two clinical trial. And you yep. met her recently. What was your reaction when you met her? Yeah, well, first of all, we know that Sharon was treated with multi-stem because after the study was completed, patients were given the opportunity to know whether or not they received. So, again, after the entire study was done, then both the physicians that treated the patients and the patients themselves had the opportunity to uh, determine whether or not they received multi-stem or whether they got placebo. And in Sharon's case... She knows and we know that um, she did, in fact, receive multi-stem. And when I first heard Sharon's story, both from her and her husband, John, I can tell you everybody here at the company was moved by what she conveyed in terms of the severity of the stroke, the fact that her husband was told that she would have to live the the rest of her life in full-time institutional care because of how severe the stroke was, and then their decision uh, which her husband made essentially on her behalf to say, okay, we will participate in this clinical trial. And then uh, sharing her experience after that about how quickly she showed signs of recovery. And and within a few days, she was up and actually back on her feet walking around. And within six weeks, she was actually back at work part-time. It, it is such a moving story to hear somebody share their experience like that. And it it just, it really adds additional motivation and fuel to our belief that multi-stem has the potential to help patients like Sharon. So it was having the chance to actually recently just meet her for the first time in person, it was a very moving experience because uh, she had long wanted to meet me and other members of the team to thank us, uh, which she did, and, and we got the opportunity to meet her firsthand and spend some time with her and her husband. And that was, that was great for all of us because in many ways it was just a reinforcement of why we do what we do, trying to help patients like Sharon. What I hear from some of the other researchers, they don't really get to meet the patients or the test subjects. It's got to be rewarding when that does happen. It is. It it really is because, again, it just adds an additional measure of motivation, not only for me, but for all the other 
people that work here at the company that have dedicated their lives and their careers to making a difference for, for patients that desperately need help in many instances. And I think that, again, just to put it in personal terms, having lived through what I did with my grandfather when I was a young man, um, it, it just, again, reinforces my belief that we can make a difference and we, we keep the patient at the center of everything we do. And in the case of stroke, as you know and your listeners know, it's not just about the person that suffered the stroke. It's also about the family that is called upon to care for those individuals in the aftermath of that and help in all the various ways that, that we need to when something like that happens. And I think that for us to be able to get closer and closer to being able to make a difference and really profoundly advancing the standard of care is quite exciting for all of us. And it's, it's deeply motivating, believing that we can make a difference like that. Going on, what is next for Multistem? Sure. So we, we started our phase three study about a year ago. In fact, we announced the enrollment of the first patient in the phase three trial last July in 2018. And it was a little over six months or eight months before that, that our partner in Japan announced that they had started their pivotal study in Japan using multi-stem, treating, treating Japanese patients that have suffered ischemic strokes at leading stroke centers across the country there. So both these studies are actively ongoing. We're focused on trying to complete the enrollment of the study so that we can then evaluate the data. So patients will be followed out. The primary assessments are done at 90 days post-stroke, which has long been the standard for evaluation of stroke patients. But we will also continue to evaluate the patients, as we did in our Phase two trial, out for a one-year time frame. And the interesting thing about our Phase two study was that it, it provided data and evidence that patients that were getting treated with multi-stem continued to improve beyond that 90-day mark out to the one-year time frame. Now, one of the other things that I heard when I was at Stanford many years ago at the medical school there was that what stroke patients have at 90 days is pretty much what they're going to have for the rest of their life. What our study provided evidence for was that in the case of multi-stem, patients continued, many patients continued to improve over time. And so the prospect that we might be able to help people beyond the limitations of what people have thought was historically possible, again, is very exciting and very motivating for us. So our, our main objective with respect to the stroke program is to complete enrollment for both of these studies as quickly as we can, and then take that evidence once we have it in hand, evaluate it very thoroughly and rigorously, and if the evidence is consistent with what we've seen previously, we would then submit it to the FDA and other regulators for approval. And our hope is, is that the results will be consistent with what we've seen previously and that that's going to put us in a position in the not-too-distant future um, to be able to present that data to the regulators so that we can seek approval and then make this a new treatment option for stroke patients in a lot of different places around the world. This is huge. Yeah, well, that, that's our belief. And again, it's, uh, we pride ourselves on being an evidence-based organization, and we don't take anything for granted. We're committed to doing things that I think a lot of other companies have given up on or shied away from. And uh, we're not afraid of going after some of the really challenging areas like stroke, where a lot of the big biotech and, and biopharma and pharmaceutical companies gave up on it years ago just because it was too difficult for them. They couldn't solve it. And in our case, we think that we can make a difference, and we think the evidence is, is showing that. And so we're, we're committed to, to taking that um, all the way down the, down the path and hopefully to the finish line so that it can be a game changer. I think a lot of people in the stroke clinical community feel that it has that potential, and we certainly feel that way. Is there a website? Or 
so if, if people want to find out more about Athersys and some of the uh, programs that we're, that we're focused on and committed to, they can just go to athersys.com. So it's A-T-H-E-R-S-Y-S.com. And it's a very easy to navigate, user-friendly website, and, and there's more information there that delves into the science a little bit more deeply and provides listings of peer-reviewed publications and leading scientific journals and other things that we've published over many years' worth of work. The only thing that I think I, I would just like to add is to reiterate that our company, I think, is, is in a lot of ways is very special in terms of the depth of commitment and what we're doing as an organization. We really put the patient first and foremost and at the center of everything we do. And um, we believe we can make a difference. Um, we think that we can uh, become one of the leading biotechnology or biopharma companies out there by remaining committed to that strategy. And if we are successful in advancing standard of care for stroke, we're going to go from being a relatively anonymous little company in Cleveland, Ohio, to being a company that a lot more people know about. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Hand in Hand Show. We hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to keep the discussion going, please join Stroke Focus, the social media website dedicated to stroke survivors and caregivers. Stroke Focus is S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-C-U-S. Stroke Focus is a part of Walhalla, which in Mandarin means I have survived. If you wish to be a part of the show or would like to be interviewed as part of the show, please contact us at contact at strokefocus.net.